Welcome to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives Podcast. This is Kisa Shreem. Supply chain pain is persistent and is likely to linger well into 2022. And tech companies, no doubt, are feeling a lot of that pain. Is there a way for tech companies to solve for supply chain issues while also having a positive environmental impact? while also generating revenues. That's a lot to ask, right? Well, I'm delighted to be joined online by Christoph Schell, Chief Commercial Officer at HP, who will share HP's journey through supply chain concerns and building a sustainable business. Thanks so much for joining us, Christoph. Thank you, Kisa, for having me. So let's talk revenues first. That's on the minds of everyone. (laughs) HP closed over a billion in revenue from client deals that you won largely around a focus on environmental and social issues. Tell us more about your offerings and customers' responses to those offerings. So look, I think uh, we do business across all customer segments. We have a fairly large consumer business, but we also have a fairly large commercial business. And I think what I've seen developing over the last years on the commercial side of the house was that more and more customers had in their inquiries with us, in their requests for quotations, sections around sustainability. And it was important to them that we could explain to them how we manufacture products, how we design products how we plan from a logistics point of view, and how we could actually work together, customer and IT vendor, to help them with their sustainability goals. We started to track that in our CRM software. This year, we're going to be north of $1 billion of deals that will be closed with what we call named customers. So these are commercial accounts where we have account managers on that have that sustainability chapter, if you want, in their RFQ. So that is a number that is steadily growing. And we actually started to have a dedicated team in HP uh, that can respond to these requests. So Christoph, I'm wondering how long you've seen this. Did it really just start this year that you've seen an uptick in customers requesting that? Was there a crescendo that was pretty deep earlier this year or has it been going on for a few years? I play the drums, so I like this crescendo thing. Uh, So yes, there has been a crescendo. Look, I've been I've been operating with HP all over the world, and I just moved seven years ago to the U.S. And I I can tell you that this has been coming uh, a long time, okay? And it really depends a little bit uh, by market. Um, For example, I was in Australia and New Zealand, and this was a topic back in 2008, 2009. In Northern Europe, that was a topic too, but it was spotty. Now, in particular, in the last two years, during COVID, actually, this has become more of a worldwide interest. And I see it happening across all of my 10 markets globally. I see partners that we engage with. We do 88% of our revenue through partners. They are coming into the fold. They are wanting to understand how they can respond, how they can participate with us. So it has really gotten a boost and more consistency globally in the last two years. So, and specifically, how are your partners and suppliers, how are they engaging with you here? Yeah, so we actually decided that, you know, for us, in order to, to deliver an end-to-end holistic approach to this, we need to, on the one hand side, start with pulling our suppliers into the fold, bring them in and, and talk all things sustainability from product design to manufacturing, to logistics. But on the other hand side, also start speaking with our channel partners. How do they operate? What services do they offer? Can they refurbish products, for example? How are they uh, 
warehousing their products? How are they managing used equipment? And so we started on the, on the second part, on the on the channel part. Uh, we have a framework that helps us to manage our partner engagement. It's a program called HP Amplify. And in the past, you know, we were looking in, 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 in our channel programs, we looked at the revenue a partner does with us or the certification they have with us. And we started to add to that in Amplify. So the first thing we added was HP Amplify Impact. And HP Amplify Impact is a voluntary program for our partners to engage with us on all things sustainability, but also diversity. Those two things actually go hand in hand. And we launched it a year ago. And to be honest with you, it was a bit of a pilot. I didn't know what the uptake would be. And I'm super impressed. I mean, it really has hit a nerve. Um, it has hit a nerve globally. We have more to date pretty much a year into it, we have 1,400 HP Amplify partners that have signed up a pledge uh, to focus with us. That is two times the number we actually inspected. And don't forget, it's voluntary. We have surpassed our own goal. We wanted to have 80% of our partners allow for an assessment that we could do. We have reached 84% year to date. So I'm very happy with that number. We have over 1,500 partners that have completed HP sustainability training. We have a thousand HP live courses. That's what we call it when we engage with our partners. And there's really a one-on-one -on -one engagement going on where HP is assessing partners, but also the other way around, where partners are sharing with us what they are seeing in the industry where HP might not be leading. And we are learning from our partners too. So I'm super impressed this year with how far this program has come, has given us a lot of momentum. I think we're the first IT industry that has added diversity and sustainability to their channel partner program. And this will, this will keep going. So as we talk about issues that are really challenging to corporations, you talk about climate, environment, um, diversity and inclusion, but no conversation is complete today without a chat around supply chain issues, right? So <laughs> a lot of supply chain issues we're seeing that have to do with shipping goods and components where there are just lots of backloads. And in some cases, there are even lack, a lack of employees um, to support the shipping. So with that being said, specifically, um, we talked about shipping files to print locally and how that can support reducing supply chain issue. tell us, issues. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so this is actually one of my most preferred topics. Um, so I had the pleasure of leading a couple of years ago, HP's 3D printing and digital manufacturing business. And when you think about a 3D printer, a 3D printer allows you to manufacture a part where and when you require it. So you can basically put that printer anywhere in the world and a printer, think about it as a micro factory. So now when you need a part today, what happens? Very often for most industries, a lot of the manufacturing industry is is offshore, uh, very often Asia. You manufacture a part based on a forecast, you put it on the ocean, uh, you ship it to a country, a destination country, you then truck it or by train, put it into a DC warehouse, and it's sitting there on a shelf waiting for demand to come in. And when the demand comes in, consumer or industrial, very often the part is not in the right location, so you need to ship it again. So it's a highly ineffective process, but that is what uh, what mankind is operating with. And a lot of a lot of capex is 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 tied, and opex is tied tied in this process as well. So now think about this. Start with the customer. How about I have a need today? I need a part, and I need it in California because I live in California. If we are in a digital manufacturing environment. 
my demand would go to one of these micro factories and the micro factories could manufacture in a digital and industry 4.0 way of operating that part. The cool thing about 3D printing is all of this is digital. So when you send files around, you don't, you know, you send, you can send them digitally. So instead of sending a physical file, like the, the workflow that I just um, described, you actually don't send anything physical. You send a digital file, you send a design, and you print it in that micro factory. The 3D printer is at the intersection where a digital file becomes a physical part. And that's a very fascinating environment. I give you one, one insight into one of our customers. It's a company called SmileDirect. Uh, you remember they are in the retainer industry. It's very fascinating because each of these retainers is a individual part because all of our teeth are different. And when they correct our teeth, each of this is a factor of one, okay? So each part is digitally unique. And without 3D printing, that whole orthodontic industry would not be able to live through the disruption that they're currently generating. So huge, uh, potentially huge disruption for established industries, but a fascinating topic, in particular during COVID, where supply chains were disrupted as much as they are today. Wow. And and that's fascinating. I did not know that about our our teeth. I am a proud retainer user, but yeah, thanks for that background about each one being (laughs) unique. And and with that said, I'm wondering too about just some of the challenges that are inherent that you would have with some of your efforts. We talked about giving customers the ability to scale up their usage of PCs or giving them the usage to scale it down. Now, it sounds great for us as users, but it sounds like that wouldn't be the best model for HP for customers to have the ability to do that just because we wouldn't need to buy new equipment as frequently. So how do you how do you quantify the outcome there if customers aren't really needing as much equipment because they're able to scale it up or scale it down. How is that good for you all? Let me describe this to you. So I'll start with myself as the own uh, as my own little example here. So right now, you know, I'm sitting on an HP laptop and we're having this call via Zoom and it's all going very well. But to be honest with you, the laptop I have is much more powerful than uh, it is required for the Zoom call. So basically, that's a fairly inefficient way of operating because I have all this memory that is inherent in here. I have a huge hard disk. Do I need that for that Zoom call? Probably not. You know, my CPU is very powerful as well. On the weekend, that same laptop powers my entertainment needs. Uh, I'm a really bad, but <laughs> I enjoy playing FIFA. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a game, a soccer game. And now my memory needs are going through the roof. My CPU needs are going through the roof. My uh, cooling system here is very much required because my little laptop is operating at 100% of capacity. So now think about this as, hey, I'm not buying this laptop anymore going forward. I'm buying the service to use a laptop, okay? And I can scale my needs up and down. That would require for us to have compute power that is on the tap. And it's not inherent to the hardware product, but it's inherent to the service. It could be an edge solution that I have. It could be a cloud solution that I have. And I pay the service provider based on my real needs, on my actual consumption. And so that's where our industry is going. So think about this as the evolution of the PC industry, okay? And it's for that reason that we are thinking very differently about our product portfolio. We're not thinking it at it in terms of hardware or accessory products only there's really a digital service element that comes to it. And it's really about edge computing. 
It's about cloud computing as well for, for some instances. And we recently made an acquisition. We acquired a company called Teradici that will actually bring that very uh, helpful feature of being able to scale up and down the requirements that individual users have. Also think about this, that your needs might be different than mine. So the way we will engage with you will be personalized. And I think that's overall where we're going. We have seen in the last two years during the pandemic, a huge success with subscription services, very much around our print business. We have a product called um, HP Instant Ink, where we auto-replenish uh, your, your, your printing needs by sending your uh, ink cartridges or toner cartridges to your home when you're running low. And that service has resonated a lot with people being in lockdown, with people working from home, with kids being in, in remote learning. And we believe that the future is going to be hybrid. It's going to be hybrid work, hybrid learning. So all of these subscriptions that I just described, they are going to resonate a lot with our customers. So Christoph, if you look holistically at what you are doing as a firm, ranging from the work that you're doing with your partners and suppliers, how you are responding to customers and their needs around environmental and climate awareness in the products that you produce, even your acquisitions that you just talked about now, are there, say, maybe three steps that are not just specific to your journey, but three steps that really any business could take if they are really looking at changing the tide and doing business in a different way that brings together an awareness around environmental and climate-friendly um, ways of doing business and supporting their customers in doing that. What, what are some of the top things that you all did well that enabled you to create this type of sustainable business? So I, I don't like the past tense here because this is all evolving so quickly. I think we're doing some things well. There's a lot more area for improvement. But I think three, three points. The first one is, I would say, understand your business. Understand it soup to nuts, okay, across the value chain of the company. And think about how you can impact your, your footprint, how you can change um, from a sustainability point of view. And I, I bring this up because just changing logistics or just changing manufacturing that is a very short-sighted view of the world. You need to, it actually starts with how you design a product, okay? What's the complexity when you design a product? Are you considering reusing of materials, you know? We have a notebook, actually the notebook I'm taking this call from with, it's it's 80% based on recycled material. Well, that that starts at the product design level. So you need engineers that are actually able and and willing to do that because it's believe me it's it's additional work okay that's first then you manage this throughout the value chain and at my end you know when i engage with customers and they have a new deal don't just talk to them about the new products that you're going to send them but talk to them about hey what about your existing equipment do you want me to take it back do you want me to clean it and put it back to work with you you know if we have a contractual engagement not just a transactional engagement we could do that I can scale your computing power based on used equipment. And that's absolutely something uh, we see growing right now. So that's my first point. Second point, look at the ecosystem. We are all operating in ecosystems. In the IT industry, we have become very fond of our ecosystems. This means we have a lot of powerful players unite, you know, find that commonality in strategy, find that commonality in approach. And then thirdly, and this probably should have been my first point, but focus on the customer. If your customer is focused on diversity, if your customer is focused on sustainability or both, help them, okay? And by helping them, you will actually win their business. And so the, the engagement with the customers has gone way beyond speeds and feeds of hardware products. It's really, what's your strategy? 
for the next 10 years. And then here's a proposal of how I can help you. Give me feedback on the way every day for me to evolve. But it becomes a very sticky relationship. It becomes a very strategic partnership relationship with key customers. And so those are my three my three learnings and that that would be my advice. Wow, so understand your business and then know your ecosystem and really look for where things converge and where those relationships are and then finally and saving the best for last here make sure that the relationship with the customer is a partnership. That's what it's all about. It has to be. Yes. Christoph Shell, thank you so much for joining us from HP. Thank you. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think of the podcast? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. Thank you for joining and see you next time.